Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of The Chorus in the Chaos. My name is Jack and I am with always, or as always, joined with Blake and Grayson. And we uh, we decided to do a little bonus episode here because it is election season. And as we're recording this, um, elections have happened. Uh, some people are happy. Some people are sad. And, uh, you know, we, we actually thought it would be a, a good time to just reflect on that, reflect on uh, things for Christians to remember during this election season. So we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So it's the day following uh, Big Election Tuesday. And, um, you know, depending on where you live, you may be very happy, maybe very sad. I'm in Oklahoma and I happen to like our governor quite a bit. Uh, he got reelected. So I'm pretty happy about that. What was his margin of victory? Uh, like, what was his margin of victory? It was pretty significant, wasn't it? 15, 16 points, yeah. something like that. Um, if you live, you know, if, you, if you're focused on the kind of the national numbers and thinking about the, you know, D.C., um, a lot of people were expecting the quote unquote red wave or red tsunami. And that has really not come to pass. In fact, I just looked a moment ago before I hit record and some of these battles are still being fought out. So um, there, it looks like there's going to be some runoffs and different things of that sort. So but anyway, all, all that to say. Uh, it can be a pretty tumultuous and stressful time for a lot of people. So we thought we'd take a few minutes and uh, just chat about things for Christians to remember during this election election season. So uh, I guess let's start off with, with our current take. So I, I kind of mentioned mine. Oklahoma, I like our governor quite a bit. I think he's, he's very pro-life, very conservative with all the COVID stuff. He um, maybe only second to DeSantis kind of held a stance for freedom and, and those things and I, I really like Kevin Stitt in terms of the not perfect by any means, but in terms of governorship, I've I've enjoyed him quite a bit. So I was glad to see him him reelected. How, how about you guys? Well, for mine, uh, Evers got reelected as a governor in Wisconsin. Um, he's exceedingly liberal. I think when the Supreme Court, the Roe v. Wade was overturned, right? Um, he was one of the guys that was saying we're going to find ways to still enable you to have abortions. Um, all in all, he's not a governor I've been pleased with, but he's our governor. And so, uh, Senate though went well, we had, um, Johnson beat out Mandela Barnes and then the house I think was about maybe a 50, 50 split or two thirds split Republican. So, um, on those ones, I, I'm not displeased. I was hopeful that Evers would get outed, but, uh, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Blake in the great state of Oregon? Vanity of vanity. All is vanity. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, yeah. so our elections officially closed on the 15th, actually. Last year, uh, Oregon approved a, we've always done mail-in ballot, uh, but now your ballot simply has to be postmarked by the 8th. It doesn't have to be received by the 8th. Uh, and so we had a very, very tight run for governor. We've had a Democratic, uh, uh, we've had a Democrat governor since 1984. Um, the there was a very close run. It was really a three-party uh, kind of thing. The last I checked, even a few hours ago, they were still saying it was too close uh, to call. But it will likely, uh, it will likely go um, to the uh, Tina Kotek, uh, who is actually. Uh, worse than our current governor, and our current governor has the lowest rating of all governors in the United States um, right now. Uh, but it—that's not a 
That's just to be clear. That's not an award anybody. No, wants. no, that's not. That's not. Uh, when you graduate high school, you don't want to get elected for least liked governor. Um, but as far as policies go, I mean, just looking at it from a Christian standpoint, it's uh, if if um, the current nominee wins, it will be out of the frying pan into the fire. Um, with even more, uh, the reason that there was a third party runner uh, was an independent. Uh, Johnson, uh, who she was more of a Clinton era Democrat, uh, the kind of Democrat that looks at the progressive Democrat and says, wow, this is, you guys are going too far. We got to draw it back a little bit. Uh, and so she actually polled, uh, last I saw, I think it was around nine and a half to 10% of, of the votes, which is huge, which is huge. Um, you know, the, the people were begging her to drop out, um, because they were afraid that it was going to actually put the Republican candidate into the slot. But, uh, but anyway, so it was a, so it was an interesting, if it gives you any indication kind of where we're going with our governor, when other Democrats are saying, no, this is too crazy. Like we got to draw it back some, um, uh, everything as far as state measures that came up, uh, that I voted for, I got the opposite um, so 114 looks like it's going to pass, which will be the strictest, uh, one of the strictest gun bills, uh, in the United States. Um, and is also widely considered by several independent, uh, folks to be one of the worst written measures in U S history. Um, that it just, it's, it's self-refuting, self-defeating. It, it would, it, in effect, it would shut down, um, gun sales in Oregon uh, until it was pushed to the Supreme Court, which probably, which inevitably, uh, will turn it over for being a violation of the Second Amendment. Um, along with that, we passed a pretty uh, sizable uh, universal health care bill, which will raise taxes significantly. The government wants to be more involved in your health care, and since everything the government touches turns to garbage, that's probably not going to be <laughs> as beneficial as they want it to be. I, I did, we did have one win. On the local level, uh, there was a, a vote to ban in my county uh, to forbid uh, psychedelic mushroom uh, production and then places to go to enjoy psychedelic mushrooms, uh, which that one did lose, um, for my county anyway, but it was approved for some other counties. So, so, you know, yeah. So you gotta have, you get, you count your little wins, you know? Um, so hang on just to make sure I, cause I'm from Oklahoma. Like, yeah. Can you guys even, can you guys even grow mushrooms in Oklahoma? Like, is it, is it possible? <laughs> it's, yeah, too right. <laughs> it's too dry. It's too dry. No, but I'm just so this psychedelic mushroom. So there are places in other counties where people can go to consume and just be there yeah. for the psych like that. Yeah. Is, OK, that's yeah. bizarre. Well, wow. Oregon in the last election cycle, Oregon uh, decriminalized drug use. And so right now in Oregon, uh, you can carry any formally illegal substance and use it up to a certain degree. Like you can't walk around with like eight pounds of cocaine on your person, uh, but a little bit is legal. Um, people that are picked up for drug-related crimes uh, have an option uh, to take treatment 
uh, treatment program. That was the big thing, decriminalize it and offer uh, the money that would be spent on housing them, incarcerating them, uh, take that money instead and use it for rehabilitation, but it's totally optional. Uh, the last two years has shown that less than 1% of those that were picked up on drug-related crimes actually chose the rehabilitation. Big surprise, right? Um, so then the question becomes, well, where's all that money going? And it is still a mystery to us Oregonians yeah. today. So I say all that. So things are going so really things well. Things are going about, right. about as expected. <laughs> uh, you know, again, you, 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 so one of the things I love about actually our little group right here is because we're in three very different places in the United States, three different states. Um, you've got these polar opposites of Oklahoma and Oregon. Um, and then, Grayson, what cheese state are you from? Wisconsin? Yeah. yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah, so we, we got a guy like Evers in, and then on a local level, um, people voted, I think pretty overwhelmingly, to make Kenosha County a... Sanctuary County for the Second Amendment. Yeah, so like, right. That's so, a win. right. So, you guys have a very split state. Then it sounds like, as far as some of those things, much like Oregon. Oregon, for the most part, if you look at a map of Oregon, there's like three blue spots, and it's around the three major cities. Uh, kind of like Texas. Kind of like Texas. Well, that's actually what it is in Wisconsin right now. Um, you have Madison, Milwaukee, Eau Claire, and then maybe up towards Door County. But everything else is pure red. So as we're talking about all of this, I think one of the things that we were discussing earlier off camera or off mic or whatever you want to say is that we have this propensity as human beings in the United States to really let our hopes and dreams rise and fall uh, depending on who is elected. Like every election cycle... Uh, you know, you start seeing the Facebook posts, well, God is still in control or people, you know, uh, you know, running down the other party and, and, and doing those kinds of things. Some people are victory dancing. Some people are covering themselves in sackcloth and ashes and, and things like that. And so, as Jack mentioned at the beginning of this, one of the things we're wanting to do is just lay out some foundational facts that you already know. Like, you've already heard these things if you're a believer. You already know them, but it's good to remind ourselves uh, whether you are in a state where things went really well for you or whether you're in Oregon, um, <laughs> you can uh, you can cling on to these uh, biblical truths. Truth number one, thing that we need to remember. Hit me with it, Jack. Like, you got to remember, you got to remember that God raises kings. We talked a lot about this in our uh, church and state episode. Uh, shameless plug. Go listen to that one if you. Oh yeah, you absolutely. That's my wife's least favorite episode. Yeah, <laughs> is it really? She's like, you said a lot of things in that episode. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and some things that were edited. If you would like this un the unedited version, please subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to, to our, our bonus, bonus content, content now. for our monthly subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but we need to remind ourselves of what we know, right? Yeah. And if you are a Bible-believing Christian, uh, brother or sister in Christ, rest, sleep well tonight, because God is sovereign. Mm. Amen. He just is. This Nothing that has happened, no election results have ever surprised God. 
no rising up or, or falling down of a king or kingdom has ever surprised God. Um, Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it wherever he will. Our God is sovereign. He is in control. Do not despair. I love when Isaiah says that the nations are as a drop in the bucket to the Lord. I mean, these yeah. things seem so big to us. I mean, I, I, um, I look at, you know, the state of, of the state of my state. Um, and it seems like such a big daunting thing. Like how, like, how can we go from bad to actually worse, but in the grand scheme of things, you think of all the nations and powers that have ri- risen and fallen. And I mean, I'm looking at such a small period of time in my time and place. Uh, and God is so much bigger than all of this. Um, and our hope ultimately, and we'll touch on this point again, is that our hope is not in our elected officials, but our hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. So we have to have our our feelings of frustration or even our feelings of of excitement and joy we don't want to get a savior complex for our good governors like oh if we could just get a if we could just become a red state everything would be right the lion would lay down with the lamb if we just got a red governor you know uh that's wrong in the other way uh i i I believe uh psalm 75 7 reminds us, uh, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. And so God has a plan in everything. We are, we have a robust belief in the sovereignty of God. And so God has a plan and the Lord of all the earth will always do right. And so we can trust him with what's going on. Yep. I think of, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I think of Daniel 2.21. I just pulled it up, but he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Um, literally in every single facet of it, it's, if you look at it from the creation to um, man inside that creation, um, they're all subject to their supreme ruler, and it's at his whim that they'll either rise or fall. And we've seen it all throughout history where you have great empires like the Roman Empire that for years and what would seem like eons would be this invincible um, perpetual machine if you will a political machine war machine whatever you want to call it but rome fell and what may have seemed like cataclysmic judgment on the day for the romans when that day happened the reality is that life went on and further kingdoms rose after that and further kingdoms have been toppled after that and that'll be the pattern that we simply watch until the lord returns that's I think that's important to remember is that at the end of all of this, at least in my understanding of the end times, every nation crumbles, <laughs> right? Like every nation gives yeah, way yep. uh, to King Jesus. Um, and so, you know, we, we got to take that in, 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 in our understanding, I think um, that the, that yeah. our state or our country is not, heaven on earth and one day uh, it will be done away with and it'll give way to a greater a greater ruler yeah yeah i think about in terms of emotions and you know remembering these things uh two, two things come to mind psalm forty-two, eleven: 
the psalmist and listen to this. The psalmist is talking to himself, and I think this is important. If you're real, if your emotions are yeah. real wild right now, um, the psalmist says, "Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise Him again in my salvation and my God." And the main thing here, um, think of t- preach to yourself. Like if if you you know if your if your friend were to come into you. And say, I'm really upset about this. Oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. What would you say right. to them? He'd probably say something like we're saying now. Hey, God is sovereign. Remember this. You can do that to yourself. So if if you are so wound up uh, by the state of your the state of your state, the election results, um, all these things that's fallout yeah. from this, preach to yourself. Right. Uh, there's a quote. I had to I had to Google it real quick because I didn't come beforehand, but. There's a great quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, Spiritual Depression. Love that book. If you haven't read that book, read that book. Yeah, It's a great book. And and this, I remember the first time I read this, it's like in the first, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 pages, like this quote. And I like, I was like, I don't need to read the rest of the book. I did, but, but this, I was like, wow. This gold nugget is so big. I can't even carry it out of this book. Right. Yeah. It. It legitimately felt like that. It's right right at the beginning. But this is what he says. Um, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking Mm. to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You've not originated them, but they start talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday. Somebody is talking. Yourself is talking to you. Now, this is the man's treatment. In Psalm 42, which he references, which I just read, was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why art thou, art thou cast down, O my soul? He asked. His soul had been depressing him, crushing him. So he stands up and says, self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. Yeah. Man. Love Brilliant. Martin Lloyd-Jones. If I, got to, if I could have ever met Martin Lloyd-Jones, he'd have been like, hey, stop being a Baptist. I don't know. Probably. But but I've been like, you know what? Martin. Can I call you Martin? I like you anyway. Yeah. 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 So remember that. If you're if you are just out of sorts right now because of the lack of a red wave or the fact that um, you live in Oregon <laughs> or something, I don't know. Or, yeah. You know, uh, remember that. Remember the gospel. Remember that God is sovereign and pr- don't listen to yourself. Yeah. Talk to yourself. Yeah. Remember even Ecclesiastes. These are fallen structures in a sinful world, and they are doomed in one sense, shape, or form to always be tarnished by this reality that we call sin. And mm. I think that kind of flows right into your your second point there. Why does God allow wicked rulers? Is it because he's not powerful enough to control them? Well, as VeggieTales puts it, God is bigger than the boogeyman. Imagine having such a small view of God, such a small <laughs> view of God that. Hang on, before you finish that sentence, just know there are some loyal VeggieTales listeners out there. And going off the edge. No, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Imagine having a God so small that he's wringing his hands in heaven and he can't wrap his mind around or his hands around the affairs of mere mortal men on earth. Um, man, we, we've run so crazy culturally uh, with the idea that 
sovereignty lies with man and that God is held captive at the whims of what men and nations want. It's just unreal. Yeah. When in reality, we should be amazed that he's even paying attention to us in some sense. Like what is, who is man that he is, yeah. he is mindful of. Amen. I butchered that. What is man yeah. that you are mindful of him? Like he created the stars, the heavens, he spoke the universe into yeah. existence. He is sovereignly in control of every molecule in the universe. And he's mindful of us. And not only that, he sent his son for us. And not only that, his son died for us. And not only that, we will be resurrected and be heirs to the kingdom of God with him. That is the hope we have in Christ. And and yeah, election seems so meaningless when you... In one sense, though, it's like if you put your, your biggest problem in perspective, right? I mean, you were literally alienated and estranged from the creator of this universe. And he had a holy, consuming judgment placed over your head until the day that Christ wiped the slate clean and forgave you of your sins. And if he can take care of that, I mean, why are we freaking out over any kind of an election result? Or why are we freaking out about the things happening right. within our cities and towns right. when the reality is that God has already fixed our biggest problem yeah. if we're in Christ? Yeah, no, t- totally. And I'm, I'm not saying, yeah, I wasn't saying, what I because you're right, Grace, I 100% agree with you. That, that's and that's the point here. Keep yeah. it in perspective. Well, and then God on top of that, not matters. getting your vote is a relatively new problem in history. Um, oh yeah, you would be in a country before, and they're just like, "Well, you don't like it, you can get yeah. killed." It's that old Monty Python bit. Who are you? I'm your king. <laughs> well, I didn't vote for you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right, right. Help, help, I'm so. being repressed. What? Well, your king beats some watery tart through a sword at you. <laughs> Man, this podcast just got yeah, way nerdier. No, yeah. no, but you well, know, I mean, I mean, so it's a relatively new problem. Like, oh, my guy didn't, my guy didn't get in that I was voting for. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, why? Secondly, why does God allow wicked rulers? A um, couple of things to think about. Um, in a democratic state such as this, it is a very real. It is a very real uh, thing that, uh, you know. Barring any mules or anything that's taking place in the vote, or any election fraud or anything like that, uh, the system working as it's supposed to reflects the minds and the hearts of the people. And so if you see, uh, for example, large um, large uh, waves of, of, of folks voting for things like abortion and stuff like that, th- that's just a reflection of the fallenness of the culture that we're, we're in, uh, people's wickedness or people's indifference, you know, uh, to, to certain aspects. So why does God allow wicked rulers? Well, in a sense, it's a reflection of, um, what was that? What was that word that you used? Um, Grayson on the last one, diagnostic in a, in a way it's diagnostic of, of our, of our spiritual state as a state or a nation or whatever. Um, secondly, um, why does God allow wicked rulers punishment for wickedness by the wicked? Yep. Do you have that verse pulled up? If not, I've got it ready to go. Okay. So I've got it from the King James version because when you're speaking of God's judgment, what better version to go to? 
O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in their hand is mine indignation. I will send him against an hypocritical nation, and against the people of my wrath will I give him a charge, to take the spoil and to take the prey, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Howbeit he meaneth not so, neither doth his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and to cut off nations, not a few." So the short and skinny of that is that God will raise up pagan nations even, or wicked nations, to judge other wicked nations. Yeah, that's heavy. And it is. It's not pleasant to, to think of you're in, you know, you're, you're, you're the remnant, you're a Christian in one mm-hmm. of those places. But it, the, and it, like, it always stands out to me, too, that the wicked don't have in mind that they're being used to punish wicked wickedness like they're just acting in their own wickedness that just yeah yep yeah yeah it just, it just blows my mind like it just blows my mind well i think of uh habakkuk right god raises up the babylonians to judge israel the prophet habakkuk is like uh, his mind's utterly blown by this reality because he's of course not liking what's coming down the pipeline um, but god says i've raised them up to be my arm of judgment and then i'm going to turn around and judge them for right. wickedly sinning against you right. and acting in that judgment. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the way the terminology works in that um, minor prophet, I, I, I love it because he's just like, Habakkuk complains twice, right? And then God responds to the prophet. He goes, prepare to be amazed. Right. Judgment. <laughs> when we think of that, we're like, oh, prepare to be amazed. Something good's coming. And he's like, no, Babylonians are coming and everybody's going to wow, die. That, that's a different kind of an amazing than I was thinking. But yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But why? But to, to the next point, you know, the God carries out judgment of correction so that ultimately uh, people will turn back to him. Like we see this theme repeated right. all throughout scripture, right? And historically, and historically, I mean, you look in Scripture. So we have the examples of Israel, obviously. Israel strays. Things get really bad. They have a wicked king. They go into idolatry. They get into all, you know, they they start being oppressed by another nation or they're consuming themselves and all this stuff. And then there's this wake up. We got to turn back to God. And whether through a prophet or through a righteous king who, you know, you know does away with the high places and the idols and the temples and all of those things. Uh, and so, like, the nation gets back on track, and there's this drawing, like, things get bad, and then there's this drawing back to the Lord. Uh, and then we see that throughout history as well. I mean, look at how many nations, when you break away from God's rule, uh, God's statutes, uh, when you start calling what is good evil and what is evil good, it destroys families. And it destroys communities and it destroys countries. And you're brought to, at least historically speaking, you either repent or you get destroyed. Um, And I really think, I mean, you know, I really think that that's where we are at in the United States. I mean, I remember, I mean, and I'm sure obviously you guys remember this too. You know, even a few presidential elections ago, you know, think back you know, three, four presidential elections. It always seems like, okay, this is the worst it's ever been. And then the next one comes along. Okay, no, this is the worst it's ever been. 
then the next one comes along. Okay, no, seriously, this one is the worst. And pretty soon you're longing for the Clinton days, you know? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how things slide in such a dramatic way. Um, yeah. Was that a public endorsement of Bill Clinton? <laughs> no, of Hillary Clinton. No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would never. God. Do not speak against the Hillary if you value your life. <laughs> And this yeah. just became my wife's <laughs> least favorite podcast episode. <laughs> well, I hope you get a good insurance policy, Blake. You got to check on that when we hang up here. Yeah, so so let's recap and then Go. we'll jump into point three. So things for Christians to remember. God raises kings. Remember God's sovereignty. Remember why God yeah. allows. Did we say rulers. that Calvin quote? And we can't move past that. Right, we can't move past the point without saying that famous John Calvin quote that when God wants to punish a nation, he gives them wicked rulers. Or something like that. That could that actually that might have been Tim Keller that said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says a city when when God wants no, to punish yet, a no. city. When the God wants to punish a state, he gives them a city like Portland. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a city um point three our our hope and we touched on this a little bit just by in theme but our hope is greater than measures bills and governments what what minute things i mean in the in the long haul think about the governments that have come on before was it uh who was the emperor of uh rome Diac was a diocletian uh, who made the monuments to himself in the West and in the East of the Roman Empire, uh, both memorializing the destruction of Christianity uh, because he had persecuted the church so hard. And so he, like, called an early victory, like, hey, we, I, I, Diocletian, have driven out Christianity from the Roman Empire. Um, and then, well, spoiler alert, it, it didn't happen, you know. And so, I mean, even like big movements like that, grand declarations, measures and builds and, pro and proclamations and all that, it's, it's so small. Yep. yep. It, it is trivial. It is, it is trivial because all these things will pass away. There will be a day when America, as you mentioned, Blake, America will not exist. The state of Oklahoma will not be a, an entity, right? I think it was... Uh... Piper that said something along the lines of uh, America will be a footnote in the grand story of yeah, redemption's yeah. history or something like that. And it's just that when you look at it in that kind of a perspective, it's like in the here and now, a lot of this stuff just, it stinks. I mean, realistically, right. it's, it's hard waking up in a country knowing that they're descending into anarchy and wickedness and a rejection of all that is good, right, and beautiful and true, especially of scripture and of God himself. It's hard. I mean, that stinks. But when you look at it and say, okay, this is a very short-lived moment in the span of eternity. Um, that's when you can reorient your hope back. And that's where, I mean, that Martin Lloyd-Jones quote comes back into play. Uh, Philippians 4 comes back into play where you're like, okay, I need to start thinking on what is good and what is lovely, what is worthy. Um, all those aspects of what I would just simply call self-counsel. Um, where you're applying the scriptures back to the situation at hand and saying, okay, perhaps I'm making 
a bigger deal out of this than I need to. And rather than letting my heart be given to such an issue, I can take a step back and appreciate the reality that Christ is still on the throne and that everything's hurtling towards that last day when all things will be judged and right. the earth may new. But in post mill, isn't everything slowly becoming Oklahoma though? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I was reading some some post mill literature this week, and it yeah. got me fired up again. Yeah. So, are you are you one of the post mill guys that believes we're in the early church, technically still? Yeah. Okay. I do. I think there is a lot of time to go. It, and uh, you know, what I was reading some stuff by I'm going to butcher his name, Lorraine. Is it Boatner? Botner? I don't know how he says. I've it. always said Botner. Botner. But I'm. Horrible pronouncing names. Yeah. So yeah, but he. This is a total rabbit trail. But he he said something that was that was kind of interesting along those lines and pointing out that we tend to get hung up. And this is from a post mill perspective, right? So no comments are are are. There's no commentary required. Or requested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or requested. Yeah. He's got to preemptively put this up. So he's just like, all right, all right, be quiet, yeah. guys, because. I'm going to say something. Please don't. I'll just edit out everything that you guys say. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just end the podcast after I say it. Um, No, I wouldn't do that. Um, But he basically make the point that like a a thing people get hung up on is this literal thousand years. Right. And when, and and he goes to the, and I would agree with him that the, that the thousand years is not necessarily literal, but it is a, it is a figurative state of being that we will gradually get there. So Christ will reign in the millennium for, for uh, I'm sorry, yeah, for a thousand years. And if you think about that, and he's like, and he makes this point, he's like, you won't know exactly when it begins and when it ends because it'll be this gradual coming into its own, um, kind of like the, the electronics age or something like that. Like it didn't just start one day. Like it was this gradual thing that happened, and you'll see this happen, but over terms of centuries, and eventually we'll we will grow into it. We'll look around and be like. We're in the electronics age, or we are in the the perfect kingdom. So anyway. I mean, that's definitely one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I disagree entirely with that way to look at it. However, it is. You a guys way- are so pessimistic, man. <laughs> so pessimistic. I'm 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 pessimistic, very much so when it comes to just sinful man. Um, I have the ultimate optimism in what I believe our our Lord could do. Yeah, but. True that. Yeah, I look at Christ. I mean, he he literally walked the earth with people, and he's he did not entrust himself to men because he knew what was in their hearts. And so I I always come back to that with stuff like this, where I'm like, if our Lord, who is the perfect embodiment of patience and kindness and mercy and love, looked at mankind in in that, it's like how much more so am I as a sinful man, less inclined to believe that there's a a warm gooey center that will inevitably blossom on this earth. Warm and I, I gooey don't, center. Well, I'm thinking of that, you know, that, <laughs> that goofy description that was like very popular in the nineties of people's innate goodness in their human, you know, human humanity. If I can say that actual word. Sounds, sounds like I'm glad I wasn't a Christian in the nineties. Oh, no. Wait, what? <laughs> well, I wasn't. Um, Grace, are you just making this up? So, <laughs> is this a smear campaign toward the '90s Christians? Huh? You know the ooey gooey center Christian? I don't know. 
You know, like the the DC talk hey, type hey, people. Tread carefully, the... sir. Yeah, watch it. You want yeah, your filthy watch mouth. <laughs> we may not we may not agree on the on eschatology, but you start going yeah. after you the DC talk, talk about and orthodoxy. <laughs> um. <laughs> so again, our our hope is greater than all these things that are coming out measures bills governments things like that so i guess the inevitable question then is uh to kind of wrap things down god is sovereign he allows wicked rulers for his own purposes uh for judgment but then also we would have to say simultaneously for the believers good um Times of turmoil drive us to our knees in prayer. They drive us to scripture. They drive us to lean on Christ alone, not on uh, the structures of mankind and all of these different things. Um, we know that our hope is greater because our hope is in Christ. So then the, the last question, or the, the question then kind of becomes, well, what can I do? Uh, what can I do living in a red state? What can I do living in a blue state? If things go my way, if they don't go my way, uh, how am I to operate now that elections are over the ballots have been cast uh some really awful things are being put into place um particularly places codifying abortion uh and things like that um what are we to do as christians well point number one be faithful in the things we know to do be salt and light evangelize uh preserve exemplify promote godliness um continue to be a christian don't continue to do what you're supposed to do be a faithful well done seek that seek the operate in such a way that you are seeking out the well done and good and faithful servant reward from our lord and savior right um yeah don't don't get caught up in the moment keep 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 the per, uh, the yeah. eternal perspective yeah i think if we're if we're painfully honest with it um not much has really changed from yesterday to today and not much will change from today to, to tomorrow the call whether you're in an in season time or an out of season time is still going to be to preach the word uh, regardless of they're, they're being itching ears. Um, our call as Christians is still going to be go out and proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to um, bless those who persecute us, to pray for them, especially our leaders. Uh, none of that changes, whether they're a righteous man or a wicked man. And so the best thing we can continue to do is simply abide mm -hmm. by the commands of Scripture and be known as being Christians. Absolutely. Um, secondly, we need to be praying. Um, particularly uh, praying for your leaders, which is uh, depending on where you are, it, it can be it can be difficult. I would say that if you're in a if you're in a state that maybe things did not go the way that you were hoping that they would, uh, we have this unique privilege as Christians, where people who are fundamentally against us, uh, our enemies, by their own declaration, that we have a command from our Lord to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And so we have this command and, and really a privilege to take the position in prayer 
to stand beside our governor who hates us and petition God on their behalf for their salvation as former enemies of God. Um, that should be on the forefront of our minds. Yeah, and, and if you couple that with the reality that God is utterly sovereign in all these things, um, I know that many people get bitter about politics, but they lack in prayer. My question is, if you believe God is sovereign, why would you not pray for that individual, right? If, if the heart of the king is putty in the hands of our Lord, why would you not pray that the Lord would just simply change his heart or change her heart and enable them to be a righteous ruler instead of a wicked ruler, or that they would pass uh, good laws instead of wicked laws? He has the ability to do that. And it's that. happened, too. I mean, that's that's the other thing. It's like, yep. it's, we have examples of that happening. So, yeah, I don't know. It's easier to complain, though. It's easier to complain. At least I find. And also, it's a little more enjoyable. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't get your pound of flesh no, in by praying no. for somebody. Not at all. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, be praying for your state, for your leader, the salvation uh, of others, um, for the gospel to go forth in your state. And there may be uh, a place for... Uh, repentance. I was talking to our folks about this this morning at our our Bible study, that I think one of our consistent prayers should be that the cry of Nineveh goes up in in our own streets, Um, that people would cleanse their their filthy hands, that they would turn to Christ, Uh, and even then the Lord might relent from the wrath that he is uh, pouring out on on your state. Um, I know that can happen. I know it can happen. Again, we've seen it in scripture. We've seen it other places. We've seen wicked nations turn. Um, So, but there may be, you know, there may be a place for repentance, not only individually. um, Christians, have you been idolizing your red state governor that you just lost, you know, and now all hope is gone because you flipped blue or you thought you were going to go red and now you're blue and you're in despair and all these different things. You literally have the blues, right? Um, maybe I'm losing these guys. It's getting late on their end. <laughs> that was a solid chuckle worthy bit right there. It was <laughs> a slow burn for me where it, it was like that, that, Perfect quintessential dad joke. And I'm like, oh, blues. Okay, I get it. That's clever. Yeah. Now I've lost my place trying to be cute. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you, do, you brought this to your, upon yourself. Um, there may be, so again, there may be uh, opportunity for, uh, you know, personal repentance uh, as well. Uh, these are times that it's revealed where does your hope really lie. Uh and uh, those are some things for the Christian to consider in election season. Yep. This one and the next one and every one that will come after that. Yep. Um, yeah, maybe we could say it like this. I should have wrote. I had an idea. and I'm going to butcher the my. <laughs> I got <it. laughs> this is how it closes. I should have put a. 
I had an idea. Oh. What? <laughs> All right, it's almost midnight for me right now, and my brain yeah. is like, no, I was I was gonna say something kind of quippy, but uh, we should remember our eternal focus on our eternal election and not our political local election. I'll see what happens is you guys keep trying to be cute with it and then you get all jumbled up with it. And then I get to wax eloquently and seem profound to everyone. Lord, I thank you that I am not like Blake and Jack. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I think we covered it. So things for Christians to remember. God God raises kings. Uh, remember Remember who you are in Christ. Remember that God is sovereign. Preach to yourself. Talk to yourself. Don't just listen. Uh, remember why God allows wicked rulers. Remember our hope is greater uh, than measures, bills, or anything governments can and cannot do. And then what can you do actively other than what I mentioned? Be faithful, pray, repent, and keep going. Keep being, keep uh, following Jesus. Just keep on keeping on, as they say. So, uh, Grayson, anything else? Blake? Okay. Well, that concludes this uh, bonus bonus episode. We hope it was helpful. If uh, you have questions about church and state stuff, I really would encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast episode earlier in this season on that, where we go in quite a bit of detail of the relationship between, between what should it look like, the church and the state. Um, I think that might help frame some of this conversation good. If you, it's late. I'm going to bed. Uh, this has been the Course in the Chaos podcast. 